No, screw your freedom. Man, you let politics ruin, or rather control your whole life, man, you're going to be a miserable person. Straight up. Unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy, and they hate their neighbors. Sad. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Underground. This is episode 103, and I am joined, as usual, by the one, the only, Joseph. Wild West Pimp Style. Nations. And I am the co-host. Dang, man. I, You know, I, I like, want to mess around with stuff. I really shouldn't do this while we're recording, but it's fine. Uh, and. Eh. Anyway, it's all good. The, the yeah. audience loves it. Anyway, David, sexual tyrannosaurus, Lacey, and <laughs> this is I want to be a sexual tyrannosaurus. No, Joseph, <laughs> you've been given your name, <laughs> your title. <laughs> this is the show where every week uh, we remind you politics ruins everything. Joseph, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Why don't you explain to the good people? What we mean when we say politics ruin everything, oh, since everybody wants to ask uh, and understand. Yeah, uh, we're 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 not talking. Okay, yeah, this is it's funny. Mahler brought this up recently on a live stream, and he said it really well. Maybe one of these days I'll go back and clip that. But uh, what it essentially boils down to is what what we're talking about is the way that everything that goes on in society seems to be viewed through the lens of actual politics. So we're not talking about politics that are specifically in stories. We're not talking about um, uh, discussion of different ideas. What we're talking about is the the real-life people forcing people into, other situ- into situations that they don't want to be a part of. Yeah. That kind of thing. Or pushing pushing narratives that are pushed because of uh, political agendas into the things that we like. So uh, when we specifically are talking about entertainment stuff, it's not uh, something like, well, there's political systems in equilibrium. It's like, yeah, of course there are. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, what we're talking about is when the, the like real-life political systems push their way into Hollywood and affect every aspect of it uh, in these giant corporations rather than it being... Uh, something that just comes naturally because the people want to write about those things. Exactly. Um, that's I, I need to like sit down and really like think about that a little bit well, more, or, or like I need, articulate it a little bit better. But that's that's yeah. basically the idea. It's leading with your politics, right? Mm-hmm. Your identity politics, instead of naturally letting something occur within a story, within entertainment, for example, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it's making it so crucial to a movie or a show or whatever it is that you're doing to where it's kind of like a quarrelsome person. You know what I mean? Every hill is a hill to die on Uh and secondary and tertiary issues now become supremely important and no one else is allowed to have an objective, a semi-objective opinion on an issue, right? right? Well, and it's, it's really funny because all of the people who are doing writing in mainstream, uh, Hollywood, Hollywood. A lot of them, if you like, go to their Twitter bios. One of the first things they have in there is that they're an activist, and activists are inherently political. Yep. And, and that, so that's what we talk about. It's like the, politics is ruining everything. 
Yep. And, and it's, it's leading it, with the activism instead and, of just, hey, we just want to – people want to hear a good story. They want to escape. We don't need to – for example, since we're going to be talking in episode one of four about Lord of the Rings, we don't need to see our politics forced within the story or, or things that are going – like the modern world represented in the story. It, we just want exactly. to see what Tolkien wrote. Exactly. And so they're – they're turning everything uh, because of incidences that have happened in the real world into these mm-hmm. like political statements in their shows rather than it being like, well, let's talk about a generalized idea. Like what what is if they were to go like, well, what is freedom? What is liberty in a show? And it's not like blatantly something that is is like activist related. I mean, you can even take something like V for Vendetta, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. The the movie itself is inherently political, but it's it's not politics. It's yes. it's talking about different types of ideas and how systems and people can fail uh a a, a like a government system can essentially fail people. Uh, yep. So it's it, it lines up with everything. And the reason people have been asking about that or we'll get morons on TikTok um uh, being like well, this is political, blah blah blah. It's like, okay, you're you're missing the point. For one, it's yep. it's we are using a generalization. We're 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 covering a broad scope. That's why that term is there. Um, and I I think sometimes people are are trying to put things into it that aren't actually there. Yep. And and instead of asking questions, they're immediately going to assumptions because that's what we do in in modern life is that we assume. Uh, the intentions of people rather than talking to them and trying to uncover those things. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, actually, I'll pull this up. Um, I actually forgot to put this in the in the notes, but the, 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 a lot of where this this came from and one of the reasons that, that we, we actually like to talk about uh, diversity on occasion or uh, in film or whether we're, we're kind of talking about how it's, it's become sort of this, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, uh, it, it's become more of a political tool or a a a bat which to to beat your opponents with the idea of like diversity in film and oh if if you think this way about you know like uh, with uh, Eternals when mm-hmm. we've talked about that in the past where we're like uh, well their entire purpose in making this was to try to to, to push uh, diversity and then people are like well what's wrong with that or they really they don't even ask that question they just go immediately oh so you're racist right right um, and I am struggling to find my ISOs. Nope, definitely Rather not than that one. Asking what do you mean by that? And I think when it comes to I think it's an overcorrection, right? Because I think we can acknowledge how I don't even know I don't even know what the proper way to say it, but uh, ethnic m- people other than white, right? Caucasians. Yeah. Uh you know how they have been treated in Hollywood back in the day for so long, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's like this overcorrection to where we want to and, rectify that, but we're inserting it in in film in a way that doesn't make sense with the the storyline, right? There's right. a time and place for everything, right? If I'm, you know, if if I'm doing a story on Africa, for example, unless you know it's documented that Asian people traveled to Africa or Hispanic people or I don't know if you if people from Brazil traveled to Africa or whatnot and, you know, traveled to Ghana. Right. Or whatever you want to say, um, you know, generally speaking, unless it's explained in the storyline, then it, it's probably going to be made up of the people who actually 
live there, right? Even if exactly. it's a fictional story, right? Exactly. It, just, it doesn't make sense to me. It seems like lazy writing in my view because, and I think I would say in, our, in your view as well, because when you race swap a character instead of coming with, up with your own original character, it seems just like as a, almost like an easy trope to fall into the just, hey, uh-huh. let me just take this box, right? Yeah. Rather than trying to be genuine and go, let, okay, let me go highlight a story from either a black person or, or, or an Asian or Hispanic person from America or from Africa, Asia, South America, Central America, so on and so yeah. forth, right? Well, and that's the thing is that they're not even, so there are, I mean, take take Marvel, for instance. I've got this clip I want to play. Um, but instead of highlighting a character like Bishop or Storm or uh, uh, even Blade up until, like, recently. And I, I know there's some more. Oh, uh, Dust from, like, 2007. Is there, that the, she's the, uh, is, she's the Muslim that's a superhero? Yeah. Yep. Um, there are... Those characters exist, right? And you could use them, but instead they're going, like... And I know this isn't something that's actually happening yet... But it's like, well, let's race swap the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And it's just a situation where it's like, but you have original black characters, and I'm, I'm you know, or original characters from di- different ethnicities. And instead of using them and using the character, like using those characters, and, and if you really believed in what you're doing, you're just, you're just swapping things out. And then you're calling everybody racist when they get annoyed at you for doing it. Yeah. And it's just like I it's not the way that I would go about it and it, and it you know it just seems dishonest. It seems like it's something it seems to do. juvenile, right? Yeah, and it, it, it's it's very much ad- agenda driven rather than it being about well, you're right. Hollywood did do a lot of that stuff in the past. Um so let's make two points. First of all, Joseph and I are not the people who uh pushed these things. Uh, yes. and, and you know it's like we don't we're not in that like we're pointing these things out that it, and it's so ridiculous that somehow it's like oh look how great like Hollywood is like I, I, I will for the life of me I will never understand how people can go like for with, especially with Disney right now yes where they will like praise this company up and down for like the new Wakanda forever uh, trailer coming out or whatever it's like y'all this is the same company that took Finn on the Star Wars poster and shrunk him into oblivion so that the Chinese wouldn't see him. Dude, always like to ask, do it's you like think anybody care. from Epstein Island would be in it? Yeah, it, it, like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's like, oh, well, you're just, so, a, you're just a race. It's like, no, I'm just pointing out how insane it is that y'all lift up these companies all the time, for ma- first of all, for making a lot of trash, uh, but also it's like somehow... When we point it out, it's no big deal. But like when they shrink the size of a black characters on a poster, or they put the yep. mask on Black Panther on the poster in other countries, y'all don't say anything about that. Or they stuff. take out the LGBTQ scenes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Typically, up until the last two, I want to say Disney films. One of them being Lightyear, and what was the other which one? Bombed. By the way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, they did it. So they did it in Star. Bad. They did it in the last Star Wars movie a couple years yep. ago. And the interesting thing about that too is, if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't even notice that happened. Yeah, it was very much pushed to the back after they had made such a big deal about doing that and doing. And this is the thing, man. It's like they're not on your side. Nope. And it's funny because <laughs> we get so many comments on TikTok to where it's like, "Well, have you ever made a movie or TV show?" I'm like, "Well, 
that that doesn't have you i can observe <laughs> yeah it's like first off have you secondly i can observe a bad story because i have critical thinking one, dude, skills one of these it doesn't days take, i don't have to be a i don't have to create a movie to be able to analyze a movie and understand okay is this good or is this bad or is it in between you know what i mean exactly one of these days i want us to like sit down and put a video together where we just take screenshots of a bunch of the like uh, dumb comments that we've gotten on youtube and tiktok and just re- respond to them like not like directly to that person <laughs> yeah. but we just it's just like okay well let's let's talk about this specific thing uh, yep. I, I think it'd be really interesting anyway um let me play this clip real quick because this is kind of what we're what we are trying to get at um and this was something that was influenced by mo Facts with adam curry uh and just as something that in general uh wh- no matter where you're like your what your ethnicity is your religion whatever uh it, it is about us trying to have conversations with people and so this is kind of the clip that uh i i, I think is sort of foundationally what what we try to get at when we're when we're talking on the podcast hell yeah first the white man and the black man have to be able to sit down at the same table the white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that negro and the so-called negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved. That's the only way that they'll ever do it. So we're just taking that a step further beyond just like racial politics. And it's like we we're open to having conversations, mm-hmm. but it's like that has to be there. And as as Mo says, f- you know, first you have to uh, it, it was it. Oh, shoot. I had it and completely lost it. It's it's uh seek first to understand and then be understood yep uh so we are trying to we so we have the podcast because what we're trying to do is get people to understand and if you want to have a conversation we are open to listening we yeah. and we may not agree but we are opening to try to have that dialogue it's like with no better right on yeah. tiktok when he engaged with us first off i was completely confused i don't even know what his first year initial bring your books had anything to do with because i wasn't even we weren't even talking about him and but then when the he went about it and it's like dude we even we complimented you we didn't like it, it's yeah. not- and, and then he's like he wants to like he wants to debate lore and I'm just like, no, the only thing I want to have a conversation about is your NDA. Yes. What you were allowed to say and what you weren't That's allowed to say focus, at that event. Right? And and the, he got super defensive about it and was trying to, he's like, get on the live, we'll, we'll debate. And I'm like, I don't want to debate. I, and I'm and, over in bed with my wife, like, yeah. thinking like, oh, he means at some future time and then... She's telling me no. I think he means right now. I'm right like, now. dude, I'm not getting, I'm not getting on live with you. It's not that important to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, hey, it's fine if it is with you. Like, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying with me, I'm in bed with my wife. Dude, I didn't want to. Not that important. I, I just finished working or something, and it was just like, come on, man. And like, and it was like, I, you're not listening. That you should plan to do not be. Well, I have time right now. Oh, you don't have time right now. That makes you no. Yeah. If you would have engaged with us and been like, hey. Let's uh, set some up. What do you ask? Asking questions and things. And I think just the nature of social media put people puts most people on in the a defensive, defensive and posture because yeah. they I'm, read the worst rather than even just a neutral stance. Yep. Um, or even just assuming the best. Even if you don't want to do that, at least just a neutral stance. Where what do you mean by this being inquisitive? Right. Yeah. But I think people just naturally go to that defensive side 
and probably with him, especially from the videos Dude. we've seen since or that I've seen. Well, we we we've done. He's been in two uh, of our our on two of the podcasts where we've talked mm-hmm. about. He was in the one where we talked about the haters, and he was also in it for a few minutes when we did the breakdown of um that whole event. And he was one of the three people that we went over. Yep. Uh, where I, it was like, well, I don't understand what you mean when you're saying like it makes you feel this way. It's like that means nothing to me. It's like if you don't if you don't expand on that in any sort of way, uh, and which is one of the reasons why I try not to say I feel very often when yeah. we're talking about stuff, even when we're doing reviews. Um, it's fine if that's what you actually mean, but I, people say it, and a lot of the time, and I go, I don't, I, I don't know what you're feeling. It it, yep. it means nothing to me. Um, right. So yeah, I, I all all that to be said, we're absolutely open to these things. But like, I come from a journalism background. I, my entire goal is usually just to try to f- to to give people information, to try to bring things out into the light. Mm-hmm. And the reason when it came to the whole thing that was going on with Amazon letting those guys do their Lord of the Rings stuff, it just it felt shady. It felt like they were purposely hiding stuff, and. Clearly, no better, do better. Felt threatened by what our tiny little TikTok page and us asking him a couple questions. We didn't. I don't even know where he was. Someone tagged him. So someone, someone else tagged him in our clip, and then he came out of left field. Dude, he came out swinging, (laughs) swinging at us. He came in freaking hot, and I don't even know why. I just want to know why he came in hot. I'm that confused. But again, as you said, I think that, or as I said, I should say, people just get defensive with that stuff, right? For whatever reason. And it's politics too, man. Whether we're talking Marvel movies, Lord of the Rings, or, you know, ending the Fed, it just. It gets in there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you are enjoying everything that we're doing so far and you've been listening this long, or if you're new to us, we utilize a value for value system here, which means. That any value you think you're getting from our podcast, from our YouTube, from our TikTok, all of our social medias, you can donate in to, donate back to us in the form of your time, talent, and treasure. So you just go to our show notes, click the direct.me link. There you will find our PayPal link donation. All we're asking for people is for a $1 a month reoccurring payment. That way we can keep... Like advertisers off of our or and sponsors off of our podcast, social media, YouTube, all of that stuff. Because I mean, we all just dislike ads. We would love not to even have to worry oh, about dude. monetizing our YouTube or our podcast. But if that's hey, you know, if it's if that's just not something y'all can do, that's okay. And we have if we have to do advertisers or sponsors, that's fine. We will we would prefer not to do that. But if that's the way y'all want to support us, that's fine. But that's why we're only asking for a dollar. If you can't do more, great. But a dollar a month reoccurring, because the way we look at it is if we have 50,000 people, for example, subscribe to our YouTube and half of them are giving a dollar, that helps us out, right? So we can do this full time. And so we kind of think that a dollar is easy to commit. But if you don't have it, there are other ways you can support us. If you do have it, before I move on, if you do have it, and you do it through PayPal, I want to let you know two things. First off, you can include a note, and we'll, we will read it live on air. We'll start a whole donation segment that's separate uh, from this episode. The second thing is is that we are actively looking for other payment processing 
um, companies, but the problem is, is that PayPal seems to have a monopoly. And they pretty much don't exist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're Stripe, um, and we can't use that, but they kind of, in a way, float hand-in-hand hand with PayPal, it seems yeah. like. But uh, So we thought about Stripe, but listen, if you can only give through YouTube or, or if you want to mail us money or, or whatever, we'll accept any and all forms, but the idea is that rather <laughs> than going through – yeah. Rather than going through YouTube, you know, and supporting YouTube, whereas YouTube takes like 30 or 40 percent of what you donate uh, with PayPal, at least it's only 2.7 percent. And so it kind of helps your content creator out more. And and even if it's not us you support, even if it's someone else and they have a PayPal link donation, I highly encourage doing the PayPal link donation other than the YouTube payment function. But if you don't have a dollar to give. You can support us by donating with your talent and time. And so that can mean if you want to do any editing for us, if you find any cool articles or videos you want to send us, send us that you think are interesting, if we you know find them interesting as well, we'll cover them on podcasts and shout you out. If you want to engage with us on Instagram, TikTok, you know, whatever, from time to time we do read comments on here that we find, you know, our valid points. Uh, and so those are great ways that you can support us. You can also share our podcasts and social medias on social media and by word of mouth the three best things you can always do is donate download and share so donate to our podcast or to our podcast and social media uh download our podcast episodes and then share our podcasts and our clips and stuff like that awesome well let's go ahead and uh get into this first topic uh, yes and I'm gonna let you lead on this because you uh, found these uh, yes. tweets. So, well, before we get into that, I got author oh, Pawlowski, right. man. We got an update on the Canadian preacher, man. The 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 antagonist to the Gestapo, right? <laughs> Our protagonist, the man, the myth, the legend, author Pawlowski, the Canadian pastor who was jailed and fined in Canada for standing against the COVID restrictions. This uh, Bridge City News report is going to let you know everything you need to know. A Calvary Street pastor and his brother who were jailed for defying public health orders during the COVID-19 pandemic have had their appeal granted. Arthur Pulowski and his brother David made headlines in 2021 when they were hauled off to jail for holding public church gatherings during the pandemic. Arthur Pulowski was jailed again after making an anti-vaccine and anti-restriction speech at the Coots border blockade back in February of this year. In addition to jail time, the Court of Queen's Bench ordered them to pay thousands of dollars in fines and undergo a censorship order. The pair appealed the court's decision, which the Court of Appeals granted today, saying their arrest, jail time, censorship (laughs) order, and fines were illegal and ordered AHS to reimburse the Pulowskis for the fines paid up to close to $16,000. I caught up with Pastor Pulowski to get his reaction. Yes, I am a little bit overwhelmed, shocked, surprised for sure and a little bit puzzled because telling you the truth i pretty much give up on the justice system uh, after seeing this tyranny unfolding for the past two and a half years i said we are we're doomed it's over Um, we have lost the check and balances they all are 
one party now, just like the Nazis, just like the communists. And if you are not, if you're not chirping according to the party line, then you're doomed. You will be destroyed. So this decision, at least in a little part, is restoring hope that not all is lost, that there are still some good men and women in a position of authority that actually love this country, love democracy, and love the rule of law. Now, in that same decision, Christopher Scott, who owns the Whistle Stop Cafe northeast of Red Deer and who filed a joint appeal with the Pulowski brothers, was also granted an appeal of his censorship order. Scott faced <laughs> fines for keeping his restaurant open during the pandemic. Eventually, his restaurant was shut down by the province. Suck it, Trudeau. So basically Dude. what he's saying is don't trust your government. Don't eat bugs. <laughs> And I forgot the second Man, one, the oh, third it, one I was going to say. It's awesome. And, you know, I was thinking about that clip, and I, I hope that there's a lawyer out there that is about to obliterate uh, all of the people who uh, illegally did that to him because he yep. de- he deserves... Um, Those officers should be in jail. Yeah. I, I, everyone who was involved in that situation should, at, at minimum, lose their jobs Yep. Um, obviously, it's not going to happen because I think he's right. You know, he's, he says he's like, well, I've lost hope in it. It's like, yeah, man, it's pretty much gone. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a, Canada in particular, Canada, Australia. Australia has been real quiet recently. I wonder. I don't know what's going on down there. We haven't I haven't seen much um, since they've kind of reopened everything. Uh, but Canada seems like it's just on the march uh, to hell, yep. man. Where they really does they everything that's been happening from like shutting down all those churches like because we talked about this a ton back when we first um started the podcast where you had the stuff with Pulowski. there were a number of churches uh where they were they put up um fencing to try to keep people out of their church and then uh the people came in and they like tore it down and then they sent like 200 cops uh to the church yep. or something like that and then there were all the restaurants and our Gestapo. our yeah our, uh, our tour is like the guy that we've kind of been following all the way through and we bring him up occasionally um and so the fact that that all got dropped and like yeah this was illegal it's like you guys couldn't do this it's just it sucks that it took two and a half years for anyone to get to the point where yep. that was the case it's like you yep. you took two and a half years of this man's life and he's not the only one he's yep. just the most uh, predominant in of the stories and you had all this stuff going on with the truckers um yeah this is it this really is, is a tyranny and, up there a yeah. dictatorship right and, and and people why i, I talk I, why we talk about like national divorce all the time and this idea of independent provinces independent independent nations in the u.s um moving things closer and closer back to the people being able to make their own decisions for themselves uh and, and a lot of it has to do with this where it's like uh for your quote-unquote health and safety uh, you can essentially lose all of your rights. Yep. Um, Especially at the federal level when, you know, you have, what, 400-plus people in D.C. deciding yeah. what you can and can't do yeah. when they're not attached to you at all. Yeah. So at the state level, your vote goes a lot further. I mean, yeah. and speaking of Canada, you have Trudeau now trying to slash Canadian fertilizer and control the farms and then Bro. you have the same thing with BlackRock and Vanguard going on here in America to where they're trying to control the means of production uh-huh. and you know this idea of 
rebelling against the government. This idea of, you know, I say rebelling against the government. It's really more about instead of this negative connotation, this idea of grasping the freedom and having more freedom and responsibility in your life so that you can enjoy your life and uh-huh. make it essentially what you want. Right. Exactly. You know, because like, let's be clear. I, yep. I, I, th- there's always this stupid talk going around about like civil war yeah. uh, in the U S and, and I would like to make it very, very blatantly clear to everyone out there. I will not be fighting a civil war for Trump. No. Um, or the Republicans or the conservatives or uh, the, opposition to them like that's i'm not interested in that no neither of us are Um, it's about we prefer peaceful we're not going to get in a civil war regarding the republicans and democrats and all that crap but at the same time i think on both sides can come together and be against corporations and this (laughs) monopoly they all seem to have right and if we can come together and decentralize from the federal government and from corporations life would be a well, lot better. It's, it's really the first step, right? Yeah. Well, it's always really funny because, and we've talked about this in the past with different, with both sides, yeah. where someone on like the liberal side will say something about like, um, well, we want to end qualified immunity for police officers. I'm like, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And then they're like, uh, and, and but we also want uh, you to, to share your means of production with everyone around you. And you're like, no. like or Or they do. They create a bill to where they're like, let's end qualified immunity. But within the bill, it's like giving up all these rights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it, they and th- it happens on the conservative side too. Yep. Um, where the Patriot Act. Yeah, the Patriot Act, or you'll you'll have p- even other stuff where it what it basically boils down to is okay. I agree with you on this point, but then they're like, but we also want to force our opponents to live under our rule of law, uh, and and these are the things we want. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're you're missing it. It's like we. We, we we want to not force people to live in in a way that they don't and and that's why it's good at, at least at the stage we're at right now for the states to maintain uh the i guess power if you will yeah. uh that the federal government shouldn't have and this is what's going on with the supreme court where the supreme court's going like we should have never uh m- uh, ruled on a lot of this stuff in the first place, so we're basically taking it back and we're letting the states figure things out for themselves. And everyone's yeah. losing their minds. I say everyone, losing it. A lot of le- like leftists are losing their minds, and it's like, guys, if you live in California or you live in a predominantly blue state, nothing changes. Yeah, nothing changes. And if you're in a red state, you should have thought about that before you moved there. Yeah, and exactly. what it what it really again what it really comes down to is it's like, the, and I hope eventually the Supreme Court goes back. Um, I, I really, you know, I, I just let the states decide mm-hmm. uh, these things. Um, uh, the only things that they the, the Supreme Court should ever be ruling on are specifically constitutional. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, so so I guess good on them on that end. It's just one of those things that's like, again, I don't think they go far enough because you've got like this assault weapons ban that they're trying to, this quote unquote assault weapons ban that they're trying to push through now and um, in Congress and that should immediately go to the Supreme Court and it's just like, no, you can't do this. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the problems, again, I have with the federal government and to a degree with state governments is that everything runs far too slow. Yep. There is not a good, because you, again, people's lives could be ruined 
uh, based off of some morons uh, sitting in Washington thinking that they're like morally superior. Exactly. And they ha- they just happen to have uh, a majority. And so now uh, a lot of people are now illegally doing certain things when they weren't, you know, 10 minutes before. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's, it's stupid. Um, all of that to be said, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, our tour's back. I, re- I hope that someone's working on um, a-, a process to sue the crap out of the Canadian government for uh, all of this stuff. Yeah, it'd um, be nice bankrupt them well i'm sure they're already bankrupt <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh yeah and, and it just it's a good win it sucks that it took two and a half years that's insane um morally bankrupt too by yeah. the way like that and again it was like we talked about earlier in the show that this is what we mean by politics ruins everything these people get into office they push for these things that they don't most of the time even believe like let's we can go back and we can talk about the lockdowns and all, the number of politicians who were not abiding by the things that they were setting up for the peasants yeah how they were going on these vacations i mean dude let's i mean let's put um what's his face from texas on that that list too uh who he like left for cabo or whatever uh, oh, in yeah. the middle of uh, the ice storm cruise cruise yeah I, this is what we're talking about it it it's like the these people don't really care about you they tell you what you want to hear they you vote them in and then they never really accomplish these things because if they did if they actually accomplished that yeah then you, why would you continue to vote for them it's why the whole like um uh pitting like uh blacks and whites against each other or just like different races against each other democrats republicans conservatives liberals whatever the case may be it's like none of that can there's no consensus that can ever come in the federal sense because if that happened and people were like okay uh you know safe legal rare it's like we'll just it's like we still think it's wrong we're still going to work really hard to make sure that people choose another option but on a federal level that's that's where it is but it's like they kept pushing they kept pushing and now it pushes to the other side and so yep. you're constantly having these people butting heads against each other um and so it's it's really interesting to see the way that all of that works but at the end of the day it's one of those things where we're like guys stop voting for these people yep it's like if if you if you have all bad choices Make the decision not to choose any of them. Like, make make the turnout the worst it's ever been. It's like, but yeah, but we'll still get stuck with so-and-so or whatever. It's like, okay, but you're still sending a message. Yep, exactly. You're still sending, you're sen- you're sending a message. And if, if you feel the need to go out and vote, it's like, like, go, like, go vote libertarian. You know what I mean? Go vote for, like, a weird third party that you morally stand with. Uh, if you feel like, at the very least, now your your voice is being heard, I just I, it's <laughs> dude, it's all propaganda. It drives me absolutely nuts. It's like we'll teach them, we'll go vote, and it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> Speaking of voting, uh, that's a perfect segue into. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, came across some tweets from AD Robles Media, and AD Robles tends to be a he's a. Uh, well, I'll just read his Twitter bio. Christian nationalist, Christian extremist. I use Twitter exclusively to antagonize big evangelicalism. And so, uh, but he's reformed 
in his uh, theological opinions, which I'm more aligned with reform theology typically. And I, you know, maybe David too. Um, it depends on the day and who we're talking yeah, about. Kind of, I think that's a great way to describe it. it. Depends on the day for me, right? And so I came across a few tweets. I say all that to say I would probably agree with him on quite a few things, probably majority of things, even. You know, when I say majority over the 50% line, you know, he'd probably even say over 75% of things. Uh, but man, it just, I think, you know, uh, not being defined by being reformed has helped me in yeah. seeing things more clearly. And so I came across some, uh, a, a couple tweets from him, but this first one is him retweeting Andrew Walker. And it says, Andrew Walker's tweet says, more and more I see unvarnished moral madness coming from the mainstream left, and it concerns me that the moral universes we occupy have so little in common except for an appreciation for oxygen that lets us both breathe. We can't have a nation around such widening moral chasms. And then A.D. Robles retweets them and says, they are coming around. Within a few years, it will be mainstream to believe that voting Democrat is a sin and should start the steps of church di church discipline for whoever does it. Obviously, I believe I will be vindicated in the end about my insistence insistence on this. But frankly, I think I will be vindicated way before the end. And this, to me, you tell me what you think. Yeah. I think it comes across a bit extreme because you well, can make the same argument for Republicans that voting Republican is a sin. Yeah, it's like it can't be one and not the other. It just can't, get, it can't I, be. Like you can talk about the widening moral chasms. Sure, I agree with you there. Yeah, I think the left is way more widening well, the moral, you know, uh, moral ambiguity. Andrew, right, the what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, Andrew Walker's statement about uh, they occupy different universes. Uh, and have so little in common except for an appreciation for oxygen that lets us both breathe. Yeah, that's – and I, I would have to have like – again, this is always comes back to like it would be much better to be able to sit down and have a conversation with Andrew, yeah, uh, Andrew Walker, and be like, all right, I agree with you on this. It's like, but why is – first of all, why is this from someone who is – he's a professor, professor at so Southern Baptist Seminary, yep. right? Um, hang on. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. He was retweeting Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, right? Yeah, he was responding to Elizabeth Warren saying crisis pre pregnancy centers are there to fool people looking uh, for pregnancy termination. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which was we never really went over. That was awful. Like she's yeah. she's dude. Pocahontas is a of, charlatan. Yes, of right. all of the people in uh. Congress, Senate, like just the political class right now, she is top of my list of be like, please don't listen to her. I don't care where you fall politically. Please don't listen to her. She she's absolutely trying to lead people down uh, a destructive path. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it comes to modern monetary theory, whether it comes to this stuff, the stuff with uh, abortion, um, she like Bitcoin. Like every time she tweets something, I'm like. That's the worst take I've ever seen. It, she's she's just it a really washed. Is. She's a washed up boomer. Um, it's like being the dumbest politician among all the dumb politicians. Yeah. Like if 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 you were to, it's to, quite an accomplishment. Yeah. If you were to to give me the option between like her and AOC, I'd pick AOC every time. Yeah, I would too. Like obviously, I disagree with both of them heavily on nearly everything, but it 
I, I think AOC is one of those people, at least on a couple of the issues Elizabeth Warren's constantly okay. pushing for. I, I think in a real conversation with her, I could be like, hey, uh, the Bitcoin thing, like, that's not, don't go down that route. Okay, let me ask you this then. I got two of them for you. Oh, no. Okay. Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden? Biden. Okay. That's Elizabeth e Warren easy. or Kamala Harris? Mm, I would need... You got to vote for one. <laughs> I would need to know a little bit more about, like, like Kamala Harris would have to have, like, a legitimate platform. Okay. Because I don't know... I, I know some of her stuff, but... I. I've never really paid attention to what her what she doesn't talk about the same kind of stuff that Warren does. Yeah, like Warren's very vocal about essentially everything. being against everything that I am for. Yeah, the major stuff at least. But so, so yeah, Andrew oh, right. Walker has this you know very understandable position. Yeah, right? he's kind of just he's 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 kind of putting a question out there. But then Eddie Robles comes Dude. in here and said, it's a sin to vote Democrat. It's a, yeah. And it's, uh, you should be subject to church discipline now. That's nuts. Just because Dude, you vote for a Democrat okay. person doesn't subject you to, you know, the actions they choose to do, right? Right. This is, but dude, this is my, my problem with reformed folks a lot of times is that they're way too extreme about everything. Yes. It, it, it's a situation that's like, and and I obviously it's not all of them. Sorry, reformed people, if you're listening. I know I know it's not all of you. Um, but, Paul Washer, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just I like Paul Washer. By the, the way, I'm the just idea <laughs> that you would run a church and you would have people come in who actively vote one way or the other, and that you would point out a specific side and say church dis discipline is now required like there's dude there's some like I'm starting to read into that christian nationalist yeah there's uh, in the bio there's some weird uh stuff going on there if that's the case like brainwashing is not the term i'm looking for like i almost want to say like culty like if i was at a church right and they were like, oh, yeah, if if anyone votes Democrat here, uh, they have to go through church discipline. I'd be like, nah, I'm good. This is not the place for me. Like, yep. me, I would, I'd be like, nope. Bye. I, I'm gone. And it would be the same if it was the other way. Or yep. if it was over both. Because it's, it's just... You can, you can easily make a position to people, be like, it's a sin to vote for both, right? If you want to subject... if you Taking his logic on face value, if you want to subject the people who vote Democrat to the sins of the politicians, right... Then you equally have to subject the people who vote Republican to the sins of their politicians. Exactly, and they have to be subject to church discipline as well, yeah. right? All those the people bombing, who voted for, policy. yeah, George Bush getting us into Afghanistan, Trump. all the yeah, Trump, the whole thing going on with uh, Trump killed an American citizen, yeah, in uh, the Middle East he from was, Obama. Obama did the same thing, right? They were selling weapons to Saudi Arabia in a proxy war with Yemen, right? Um, it is Yemen, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, there you have all of that that stuff going on so it's like if my vote for a specific politician direct is is sinful because of their actions uh that's the case across the board and then the real answer would be well then christians don't vote it's like if that if that's what you if if you are yep. at the point now where you believe that voting democrat is a sin 
Uh, the only logical conclusion is that voting Republican is also a sin, or voting for politicians uh, in general, like if they and, and they're elected and you voted for them, and then yeah. they uh, do you know blow up uh, a group of aid workers in another country or whatever the case may be, like any sort of things that would be considered um, immoral from a Christian standpoint, yep. uh, uh, you are now in sin. According yep. to this, you know what this sh- strikes me as, and um, I'm not saying that 80 rebels is this, but it strikes me as a quarrel that doesn't need to be there. Sure. You know, being a quarrelsome person on this specific issue. I'm not saying he's a quarrelsome and, person, but I think this is one of those things that doesn't matter. And, yeah. you know, again, it's an open hand issue for sure. Yeah. It's, it's not that you can't speak on it, but being more gracious and kind not so absolute in your opinion with something that's secondary and that's a, a tertiary issue yeah that's a problem yeah right? he's being and so it, absolutist about it specifically being uh sinful for the democrats well then he goes voting on. for the democrats this is the next thing right and again we're talking about a secondary tertiary issue and you can easily take secondary and tertiary issues and make them into a primary issue uh-huh. by all means a secondary a third fourth fifth you know they can definitely lead into a primary it can definitely lead you on a road to rejecting the primary doctrines of the christian faith which basically means all the doctrines every christian should believe that are important to actually yeah. believing in christ yeah primary doctrine dude secondary issues and so forth aren't that and so he goes on and he says the david Bathsheba thing has become an extremely accurate litmus test those who believe david raped her simply do not know how to read the bible and obviously shouldn't teach or they don't care and are completely worldly yeah there are a handful of exceptions which proves the rule you know you know what's funny about about this statement um i i don't remember when it was probably a couple years ago i actually taught on this in a class and i just mentioned that people believe that like the way that i handle stuff like this a lot of the time when i teach or when i taught it doesn't happen as often anymore um it's usually okay uh here's what happened in this situation and when you get to the moment of like david and bathsheba you go there are circles that believe that david raped her it's not clear um the the bible's not clear about this uh and that's it and that's that's all. And there are <laughs> and, people who don't move on. that that think that Bathsheba was complicit in the adultery. Again, the uh, Bible is not clear. And it's funny because That's kind of where on, I stand, but that's that's a whole other topic. Yeah, it's funny because people on AD Rebel's side will be like, well, Bathsheba committed adultery. And it's like, well, the Bible isn't explicitly clear on that. Right. Again, I stand on the opposite side from you on that. I think that David raped her, right? But— when anytime I tell people that I'm like, listen, the Bible isn't clear. I think there are some inferences here you can read from, but I also understand the other side of the argument, argument, and where they come from, and why they think, well, the inferences actually, you know, the implications think that Bathsheba was complicit in it. I kind of see both perspectives. I lean more towards the former, right? Right. But again, it's like it's not something. The point of the text isn't whether, whether or not that happened. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Whether or not David raped her or that Bathsheba uh, committed adultery, right? The it, it's it's way beyond that. Yeah, it's like the whole the whole in a way the whole point of that is the downfall of David in that situation that led him mm-hmm. to the murder of Bathsheba's husband Uriah and his redemption from that. 
exactly that's and like it's that's like, you you got sometimes you got to look at the entire thing rather than being yep. so specific about and and this is kind of the problem with like the reform the, again with the I'll, i won't even say just the reform crowd with like the the nerdy crowd when it comes to um biblical text is that occasionally they just dig way too deep into it because mm-hmm. they they want to find like all the little details of everything going on which can be fine but when yep. you when you get to this place where it's like well if you believe that she was raped, then you shouldn't be teaching. Ex- there are exceptions, but in general, you shouldn't be. Or that you don't care and you're completely worldly. Yeah, it's so. This is what I'm talking about, and it's like, it's like, bro, I would probably agree with you on most things too, but yet because of this one position I hold that's but, different from yours, yeah. you think I shouldn't teach the Bible, or that I don't care about the Bible, yeah, and worldly, and bro. I am completely worldly. Yeah, uh, and I think it's really funny that. And and this would be a red maybe I am I guess yeah this would be a red flag for me is like the part on his profile where he's like uh, I use Twitter exclusively to antagonize big uh, evangelical I'm like dude like maybe maybe don't you, don't you want to like not <clears throat> oh excuse me have Do a you, better life or like don't you want to like not antagonize them and try to win people over to your side of things uh it, what are they, it, what's that it's like you, you can uh, win more. You attract more flies with honey than you do with vinegar, vinegar or whatever. Yeah, and and so it's like you know we. That's why with us, I like, think you this... know what it is. And and credit, I won't call her out because <laughs> even though she posted it on her Facebook, it's different from being on a podcast. But a close friend of ours posted today, I think it was that so many people, and it happens. I think it happens on both sides. Even though she mentioned the conservative side, I think it happens on both sides personally. Uh, but that so many. Christians are focused on being right rather than being Christ-like. I think this is an example of it. I don't think he's being Christ-like. Fair. This, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And he may not even be. Tweet. He, but he's also like kind of not right about either of these things. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I understand the sentiment. Um, I, I think that that's the case for most people is that they, they try really hard to be right rather than. But I, I think when you're talking about being right and Christ-like at the same time, it's like. You're you're gonna if you're doing one you're probably landing on the other. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree with you. On not that. completely because obviously no one's perfect. Like you're never gonna be absolutely in line with everything all the time, and that's why people are allowed to grow. But um, and, and but, that's the thing I don't understand. I, I typically see on the conservative side. I'll just say on the reform side that someone can just be an error rather than being a heretic, guys. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just a much. secondary or tertiary issue. It's just called. If you disagree I'll, with them, <laughs> they can simply just be an error. They don't have to be your and, enemy. They don't have yep. to be less than inferior to you because I guarantee the reform community, they don't have everything right either. Mm-hmm. No, they definitely don't. And one of the yeah. big, uh, one of the things that I would say is a, in, as a generalization is a big problem with the reform community is they're really prideful. Yep. Because it comes, it comes back to the situation where they generally the reform crowd, there's they're, they're smart. Um, they know a lot, which is good. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. The problem is, is that they will loom that over everyone else. Yep. And it, dude, it's yeah, it's it's it gets. It comes across. It reminds me of a little gatekeepy. Jesus rebuking. Are. Yeah, that's a great word. Jesus re, for Jesus rebuking Ephesus and Revelations, where he says, "You've forgotten your first love." Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's kind of like that pride yeah. of 
you know, again, it comes back to you're so concerned with being right that you forget to be Christ-like. Yeah. And I, I think that. we all, I think everybody, yeah. right, we all fall into that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just a Reformed community, but specifically with our context, it, that's it, who we're referring to. Right, and it can, it, you know, you want to find yourself somewhere on the middle ground with that uh, because it happens on the other side, too, where you get the people who are just so far out of, uh, like, biblical context when it comes to mm-hmm. le- leading their church or doing whatever, that you have the stuff that CRT. Happens. CRT, you have the stuff that that's goes on um, where, ev- and I, I mention this a lot because this is one of those things that's, like, kind of a, um, a cra- like, a, it's stuck in my craw a little bit. It's like uh, everyone in these churches is just so in love with their pastor that they don't think he can mm-hmm. do anything wrong. And then yep. they'll, they'll be like, well, he's the pastor. He's an authority. He can't do anything wrong. And it's like, that's not the case, which is, goes back to, I don't know if we were talking about this on the show, but it goes back to this thing I talk about all the time where it's like this idea that authority is, is that, that is sent by God is flawless. And you have to kind of, uh, you have to do everything that they say and you have to, you know, bend the knee on like ev- all, all these things. I'm like, that's just not the case. I've, I've always fallen into the, the, the category of um, what like kind of like what's best for the kingdom. Like, yep. I hate taxes. I think taxes are awful. I think that they are doing more harm than good to people. Um, I think that's always been the case throughout history. Yep. Uh, they are there. Uh, if I don't pay them, I will probably go to jail or die, and I'm not willing to do either of those things uh, for that situation. Yep. I-, I would rather try to convince people and have influence in a way that shows, like, t- if taxes are leading to abortions, if they're leading to endless wars and the murder of innocent people, uh, I-, I want that abolished. The- and that's my stance. And Agreed. that, and that's, and like I, I've talked about this on the podcast in the past, but it's like that's what got me to like anarcho-capitalism and anarcho-Christianity uh, is that it's like when it came down to it, it was the absolute closest thing to uh, the biblical text as far as it, like a, yep. a kind of where the world stands on like the, in the political climate. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I so. completely agree. It's funny too how that worked out because I think. You know, I don't know how much time you you spent when we first became friends in this thought process and where you were at necessarily politically, but I would say that I was probably I'm not gonna say you were a Republican, but I was more libertarian than you, and then you passed me and went anarcho uh, capitalist, and then you brought me there with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I wouldn't say you brought I brought myself there, right? But you, you know, through talking with me, helped. Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I what, registered Republican. I've never voted Republican. Yeah, I've um, never registered Republican. Well, I vote. I voted for for Bob Barr in two thousand eight. I can neither confirm or deny if I voted Republican before. <laughs> One time specifically. I'm, maybe perhaps I saved my job and that was the I, reason why. Yeah, but was stupid anyway, considering the state I was in I've, at the time. I've been. I was. I've always been. As long as I've been able to vote, I've pretty much always been a libertarian, in one form or another. Whether it's been more classical or ANCAP, but looking well, back on it, um, it's always been slightly more ANCAP because I was just like I wasn't voting because I but, couldn't. I couldn't bring myself into a position to be like, uh, this is the like kind of biblical choice or like yeah. it, it makes sense because 
And I've, you know, it, it, I, I've, I, I think for me, it was kind of a centrist standpoint for a long time, too, where I was trying to understand, like, kind of both sides of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then the only time I was ever, like, quote-unquote Republican was when I was in, like, high school, but I was a moron. So, like, I didn't know what I was talking about. In the same way, most, yeah. most high school kids have no clue what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I think there's one thing you got wrong, and that's that this podcast is sent, this podcast is sent from God. <laughs> we are the we are the, the 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 authority from the heavens. Yes, we um, are. Yeah, and we will continue to be your single source of truth unless you hear it from us. It is not true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's always really funny, kind of looking back on things, and you're like, all right, well, I was definitely kind of right here. Like, I wrote an article for our college paper. Uh, I wasn't really putting them on blast. But it was it was sort of like I kept hearing all these these people who consider themselves to be Christians and they'd be like, well, I'm leaving the country if Obama wins a second term. And so I kind of I wrote a paper on it asking like, hey, is this the the Christ like thing to do? And specifically because it was like in our religion section or whatever of the newspaper. Um, and you run a Nobel Paul Prize, right? <laughs> no, uh, but I, I someone had responded about. Uh, people who would like i thought it wasn't a very good response to my specific specifically what i was stating yeah it's like why are you trying to to leave the country if like this is where god has placed you and wanted you in uh the community you're in to um uh, be like influential uh and he responded about these incidences where he's like well shadrach meshach and abednego and i'm like you're talking about like government forcing people into a specific stance that they were absolutely not going to do and they were willing to put their lives on the line um and then like he even mentioned i think he mentioned jesus at one point and i was like jesus is a terrible example um because he knew what his purpose was like i and i i've actually talked about this in with friends before Mm -hmm. uh where they'll use um jesus as like uh or like they'll they'll try to like compare uh, certain situations to like w- what Jesus was doing, but I was like, but Jesus was perfect. Everything mm-hmm. that he did was I- exactly what he was supposed to do. He he knew what was coming, right? A lot of these other people, everyone else in the Bible, they were trying to just do their best as like actual people, and they failed consistently. Are you trying to tell me that disciples weren't perfect, David? <laughs> no, not at all. Even Paul, even though everyone likes to to <laughs> pretend that he uh, <laughs> sounds like you're a heretic, yeah. I gotta sign off of this. Paul, podcast Paul, now. Paul, Paul was uh, Jesus's left rib apparently um, <laughs> for a lot of Christians. No, uh, it was Jacinda <laughs> Ardern. If you're in New Zealand, the oh, prime minister, yeah, 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 yeah. she's the one that said we will continue to be your single source of truth unless <laughs> you hear it from us. It is not the truth. That's where I pulled it from. Oh. from her. <laughs> um, I would do. I did want to mention this. Uh, you, you guys can find it in the show notes and if you have a uh in a subscription to the economist you can actually read the whole thing uh it looks like esg scores might not be doing as well as everyone thought that they were doing um for those of you that don't what's know, our esg score uh, it's 105 uh, yeah our esg score is over nine thousand. oh uh, yeah 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 we're doing really so really well investor you come know, invest in us the, yeah yeah Perfect opportunity. <clears throat> Check out our donation link. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
anyway, but this this tweet from them, uh, and I mean, if you guys know anything about the Economist, they're gar- absolute garbage. Uh, but they said, I thought this was really interesting because they said ESG is often well-meaning but is deeply flawed. The industry is uh, is a mess and needs to be ruthlessly streamlined. Um, so you're starting to see at least a little bit of pushback on that, even though the where the economist will be coming from with ESG scores is not the same place that Joseph and I would be. So Yes. Anyway, I uh, just kind of thought that was interesting. Wanted to throw that out there uh, for people to read if they wanted to. Um, Joseph, what's yeah. this clip? What's this clip that I'm about to play? from uh old johnny is that what you're talking about uh, which one bolton let me let me look i'm sorry i don't have it pulled up oh yeah, yeah. old uh john bolton himself basically lets the cat out of the bag on, on as far as uh u.s uh you know participating in military coups of other <laughs> countries it's pretty good yeah it is an attack on our democracy it's Donald Trump looking out for Donald Trump. It's a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. I don't know that I agree with you, to be, to be uh, fair, with all due respect. Uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Uh, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat, yeah. not here, but uh, <laughs> other places. Not here. Uh, it His takes a lot got of work, struck. and that's not what he did. Yeah. It Ego. was just stumbling around from one idea to another. Ultimately, he did unleash the rioters at the Capitol. As to that, there's no doubt. But not to overthrow the Constitution, to buy more time to throw the matter back to the states to try and redo the issue. And if you don't believe that, you're going to overreact. And I think that's a real risk for the committee, which has done a lot of good work, mostly when the witnesses testify, not when the members are opining. Uh, It is invariably the case that when you go too far trying to prove your case, you undermine it. Dude. Kind of like you just did, actually. I just want to uh, clip that. I have participated in coup. Yeah. Coup coup d'etat. Yep. Bro. That's crazy. What an idiot. It's so funny, too, because Obama, for those who don't know, Obama told Trump not to hire John Bolton, that he's a warmonger, right? And then Trump was like, I don't trust Obama, so I'm going to hire him. He's probably a good guy. (laughs) And then Trump was like, oh, no, wait, this one Obama was right on because there was a few that at least one I could think of off the top of my head that Obama was wrong on uh, from the Republican position. And uh, but this one, you know, Trump was like, yeah, I shouldn't have hired him. (laughs) <laughs> dude that's oh hilarious. man what a dingus <laughs> oh man that's so great just openly admitting like obviously if you know if you study history at all you know that the u.s you know from since at least since jfk before that though have you know you participated in actively engaged in coups of military governance yeah governments JFK participated in the coup of the uh, democratically elected, mind you, president of Guatemala. Yeah. That was the first one he did. Uh, that'd be an interesting topic to go over one of these days. Just mm-hmm. a bunch of the coups, that, the ones that are known, at least. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you could you could talk about like proxy wars being coups as well. I mean, it happened in uh, Somalia would probably be an example of that because Somalia was actually like a relatively decent place before... I think it was uh, George Bush got his hands on it. Yep. Um, yeah, and they do these things because they're looking for what economically benefits them, not the U.S., but the political class. 
and not what's best for us. And this is, you know, coup d'etats, a lot of these interventions, what you know, whatever they are technically called, um, depending on what we're talking about, uh, a lot of that leads to blowback. Mm-hmm. Us getting meddling in the affairs of other countries uh, for some sort of like moral superiority uh, has a tendency to lead to those things. Um, and, exactly. and people don't like to talk about it, but that's what that's that was what caused 9-11, despite what Rudy Giuliani mm-hmm. thought slash probably still thinks. Yeah. Um, Full hair dye man himself. It's why I, we've talked about it on the show before where I'm, I'm really curious about the end game with Ukraine and what that potentially means uh, in the world uh, when all that's said and done. Are you talking about the country where. That they use for money, la- money laundering. Uh-huh, yeah, I saw a really funny. I saw a really funny one uh, the other day where, uh, like, a meme or something where it was. Uh, they were like comparing two different things, and one of them was like, "Hmm, I wonder what this mysterious patch on this Ukrainian soldier's uniform means, or whatever." And some like Nazi symbol. Yeah, yeah. there was that picture that. Oh man, what should save that one? Dude. What corporate press uh, published it on Twitter? Uh, or in the article, but it was a uh, casket of one of the uh, Ukrainian soldiers, and it had the Nazi symbol on it. <laughs> That's great. It's like, what a bunch of idiots. They didn't even edit it out. Um, Man, it just makes life more funny. So I've got a, a mystery clip for you. Oh, Nice. Because there's a question that gets asked at about the one minute mark. Okay. It's probably pretty obvious, but I, I just thought this would be fun. Um, so I want you, the, the question for you once we get to about the one minute mark will be like what, I want you to guess what they're talking about, okay? Okay. The future of food is being revolutionized by science. As new research helps bring unexpected ingredients to the table. Kind of tastes like shrimp. They have this seafood quality to them. It reminds you of like a Frito or a chip. Just like crunchy and a little oily and a little salty. And they taste like popcorn. A very smushy taste, like a pudding almost. The citrusy flavor, it's so incredible. Researchers are revealing these delicious ingredients could do wonders for our health. They're full of polyunsaturated fat, they're full of protein, and they have a whole range of trace minerals and micronutrients. Potential prebiotic effects and potential reductions in gut inflammation. Those two things are very exciting. So what are these miraculous foodstuffs? It's interesting. I cut a lot of I cut a lot of hypotheticals there. Well, yeah. this could be this, like potentially, yeah. right? But I'm assuming they're talking about oh man, slugs? Just bugs in general, actually. Bugs in general, Wait, yeah. I was going to say insects, but I didn't know if it was like a specific insect. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Well, they're insects. Thousands of edible species in all shapes and sizes. It is gastronomy in the... So I, I moved away because I didn't want you... One of the guys in there we've actually uh, talked about before with this whole like bug eating thing back when we were talking mm-hmm. about cicadas. That was like... Dude, that was a while yeah, ago. It was a while it? ago. Probably like 50 episodes ago, something like that. Um, anyway, yeah, so <laughs> there is a uh, resurgence. So this that's from 
uh, Nova on PBS. Yeah. Uh, it was like a 53, like about a 53-minute documentary on eating bugs on public broadcasting. Uh, so I, uh, I actually have another clip. Um, this one, uh, you know, it's not just the adults anymore. Uh, they're coming at, they're coming for the kids too. So, uh, this is actually from no agenda. Um, I, uh, this clip was too good to pass up. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to play this one. Welcome back. It's time for chompers, your morning and night toothbrushing show. Start brushing on the top of your mouth on one side, but don't brush too hard. Three, two, one, It's Bugs Week, and tonight we've got the answer to the quiz from this morning. Which of these bugs do people eat? Is it ants? Crickets? Or beetles? Ready for the answer? Joseph, what do you think the answer is? Crickets. <laughs> Give me a drum roll by stomping your feet. Stomp your feet, Joseph. The answer is? Stomping? All of them. All of them. Can you believe it? Oh. Switch your brushing to the other side of the top of your mouth and give your tongue a brush, too. I'm rushing to get that bug face out of my mouth. People all over the world <laughs> eat insects as part of a healthy diet. Bugs like ants, crickets, beetles, butterflies, grasshoppers, moths, and even worms are used as food. And for a good they reason, too. They forgot locusts so they could uh, interrupt God's plan for uh, the locusts coming back in Revelation. <laughs> Bro, we need If you to... believe, left behind. Oh, you need some of these locusts right now, man. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, so, you know, your children are being propagandized to eat bugs while they brush their teeth. Listen, people. I'm not eating bugs. I'm sorry. Is my name Bear Grylls? No. no. I'm not eating bugs. No, I ain't, I'm not doing it. It's like... It, did you see that? Did you see that article from... I think it was CNN. No, it was a New York, New York, New York Times, Times. New York Times. Yeah, yeah about uh, eating humans. Yeah, they're like, cannibalism is normal now. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> okay, Moloch. Bro, not only that, but it's like... Uh, what's so funny is that they're... Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Cloud Atlas... And I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna spoil yeah. I'm gonna spoil this for for some people, but they're one of the uh, timelines in that that's in like the future. Uh, the girl finds out out that she's basically in a uh, farm, a human farm, and that yep. they're they're using her to make f- like meat. Um, and she starts like a revolution because they're using humans to make meat. Um, you have stuff like uh, Snowpiercer. Where all of the people who are the the poor people mm-hmm. are all eating cock. I think it's cockroaches in yep, that in the back. Uh huh. So they they have these like bars of like goo, like like you know uh, almost like protein bars or whatever. And at mm-hmm. one point there's uh, and this is I love I actually really like that movie. Um, and it's such a good subtle moment of like show don't tell where he opens up like the processor and it's just a bunch of bugs inside. Yep. Um, pretty great, pretty great. great movie. While all of the the rich like bourgeoisie type characters who are on the front of the train they're all eating um like eggs and you know all the stuff that the poor people are never getting um i know that that movie's got again a movie that i love that's kind of politically driven or it's like idea driven um even though uh i would have some issues with people thinking that that's like uh 
a specifically um, like communist type style thing or whatever. It's like people treat people like crap. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the lower class like tr- crap, no matter what like economic system you're under. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I, I just thought that was really interesting. That's our little bug segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to watch out for that cannibalism one, too. We need to that. Yeah. That starts popping up more. Um, yeah, we're not eating humans. I'm sorry. Like, no way. I'm not eating bugs. Not, I'm not eating bugs humans. or humans. Like, nope. Listen, I want my grains, my meat. That's about it. Yep. <laughs> and and we're not talking about dog and cat meat either. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they're... It, it, this is like all out there, and you're seeing a little bit of it uh, in the political realm. Yep. I don't I don't know how they're going to... How they would... Uh, Trying to pull bugs. us off, man. Eating bugs is your patriotic duty. You know, they tried to do the whole like fake meat thing, and I don't think that worked. Nope. You don't I hear it. That was like when a... I go to the grocery store, I get a pack of them and take them to like the can section and disperse them out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that, dude. That fake meat is so bad for you too, and people don't <laughs> it's realize like a science it. Experiment. It's literally like made in a lab, and yep. everyone. It, it's so interesting the way that they try. Like, and I because I think the you marketing. Would, yeah, and you would put this on um, our Instagram page. There's some some report came out from. Yep, a, I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, like uh, it's not rude. Like the it's some college, um, I can't remember Tufts Tufts University, I think, where they were listing all of the the like best nutrient like nu- yep. nutrients in foods and what was the best for you. And they had like ground beef at the very bottom, but like Lucky Charms above that. Whole eggs, fried in butter, yeah. cheddar cheese, and, and ground beef is the very bottom, right? <laughs> yeah. But then watermelon and kale are the top, then frosted mini Yeah, frosty mini wheats. Unsweetened almond milk, uh, non-fat frozen yogurt, chocolate-covered almonds, orange juice with calcium. Dude. <laughs> or, any juice, by the way, is bad for you. Yeah. Uh, honey Nut Cheerios. It tastes good. Yep. Terrible for you. Uh, and then, let's see, uh, egg substitute fried in vegetable oil, which, by the way, vegetable oil, terrible egg, for yeah. you. Egg substitute is just soy crap. It's not. Yep, exactly. it, dude, why would you want to eat something called egg substitute? They have lucky charms over whole egg fried in butter, cherry, cheddar yeah. cheese, ground, and ground beef. <laughs> it's so stupid, dude. They have lucky charms over a whole wheat bread. People got People got to stop listening to these places. Like, I. No one's asking you to be like a conspiracy theorist. It's Dude. it's just a situation of when you see something, take like two seconds to be like, I wonder how true this actually is. Dude, they have Lucky Charms over boiled or poached egg and Dude. whole milk. Come on. Uh, they had a canned pineapple and heavy syrup over whole milk, poached egg, all that stuff and ground beef. Then they had ice cream cone with nuts over... Whole egg, fried in butter, cheddar, cheddar cheese, and ground beef. <laughs> what a bunch of dinguses, bro! I, I all of all of the stuff on there. I eat everything that's in that like mid to lower tier, and yeah. none of the other stuff for the most part. I I do like uh, non flavored almond milk on occasion. Um, Whatever hippie. Well, it's it. Most of that stuff is kidding. most of that stuff's more of like a calorie thing. Yeah, um, no, I get that. But it's I've pretty much like all I drink is. Uh, the A2 whole milk now. Yeah, that's all I drink now, too, is A2 whole milk. Sometimes I'll get the 2%. Uh, it doesn't taste as good to me. Nah, yeah. nah uh, the whole milk is definitely better. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's hilarious, this whole idea of trust the science, right? Yeah. We know where that have gotten us. Yeah. 
It's it's simple, guys. Well, I we guess would... I should say probably you guys, not yeah. us. Because me and David didn't trust us. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> all right, uh, let's play this. Speaking of you know trusting the science or you know trusting the the political class, uh, Thomas Massey and Pete Buttigieg had a, a little exchange, and I figured this would be a good way to to kind of close out the show and talk about this because it's very interesting. And, yep. and and Thomas Massey is incredibly smart. I believe he graduated from MIT. He did. Um, and I, you know, he's trying to get at this whole electric turning, you know, all these cars electric in the next like eight years. Um, and he has a lot of questions for Pete Buttigieg. So we'll play this. Senator Massey. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Secretary Buttigieg, I've been driving an electric car for 10 years and I've had solar panels for 15 years that I'm really bullish on technology and the way it could help make our country energy independent or more energy independent, but I'm really alarmed at sort of the naivete of those who are uh, promoting rapid adoption of these technologies with our existing infrastructure. President Biden signed a non-binding executive order stating that 50% of, of vehicles sold in the United States should be electric by 2030. Do you support that? Yes. And he also said that by 20, 2035 that 100% uh, of the federal fleet, federal government fleet should be electric. Do you support that? Yes. So um, which uses more electricity? We're talking about residential electricity here. A refrigerator when it's running or an electric car when it's charging in your garage? I would expect a car. Uh, would you say it uses twice as much or 25 times as much? I would think closer to 25 times as much. Yeah. It's it's actually 50 uh, in, at the instantaneous moment, mm -hmm. but over the course of a year, if I take the numbers from the U.S. Department of Energy about the average household, how many vehicles they own and how far they drive, over the course of a year, uh, an American household would use 25 times as much electricity for their electric car as they would for their refrigerator uh, if they had 100% adoption. If, and the average family has two vehicles, and this would be if the average family had two electric vehicles. Do you think it would strain the grid if everybody plugged in 25 refrigerators in every household? Well, if we didn't make any upgrades to the grid, sure. I mean, if we had yesterday's grid with tomorrow's cars, it's not going to work. It's one of the reasons why we believe that infrastructure includes electrical infrastructure and argued for that to be included, as it thankfully was in the bipartisan law. Do you, do you think by 2030, which is when Biden says 50% of uh, cars sold should be electric, do you think the grid will be capable of handling electric cars? It's going to need to be, and we're working with the Department of Energy every day. We've established a joint office of energy and transportation to map out some of the needs. Obviously, some of this gets outside of my lane, and we've been discussing with, uh, for example, the truck stops that are... Uh, Hang on. <laughs> but you're the... <laughs> That's my favorite part. I, there's a lot you're in here. You're the man over transportation. <laughs> He's literally like the transportation czar, and he's like, some of this is out of my like realm. And you're like, no, it's yeah. not. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, hang on. We're about halfway through. Looking at what their power needs would need to be at an interchange where today uh, they're, you know, they're mainly filling up on gas in order to accommodate that. And then, as you mentioned, a lot of the scenario for this is also residential. Uh, but it's also worth pointing out that uh, while a typical driver uh, who adopts electric is using more electricity, at the end of the day, they're using less energy because of the efficiency benefits 
of getting that energy produced at utility. The problem is we, of don't, we don't have the capacity product. to produce that energy. You aptly used the word need. You could say want as well. It, there's needs and wants to make this fantasy work by 2030, but the reality is the capability is not going to be there. The average uh, household uses 17% of their electricity for air conditioning. And um, that would mean the average household uses 1,870 kilowatt hours per year for air conditioning. If that average household plugged in electric cars, do you know how much more electricity they would use in comparison to the air conditioning that air conditions their whole house? No, but again, I would emphasize it will well, let be me help less you. Let me help overall. you with that first before we go on, because the numbers are important. It would take four times as much electricity to charge the average household's cars as the average household uses on air conditioning. Do you think that could be? So if we reach the goal by 2030 that Biden has of 50% of adoption instead of 100% adoption, that means the average household would use twice as much electricity charging one of their cars as they would use for all of the air conditioning that they use for the entire year. Do you think this could contribute to rolling uh, blackouts and brownouts in areas of the country where air conditioning is basically considered essential? Not if we prepare. Look, the fact that people who have electric vehicles are going to use more electricity can't be a reason to give up. The idea that America is inferior to the other countries that have figured this out just doesn't sit well with us in the administration, I'm, and that's not why saying, we're investing what better grid. In the time out. that I have left, let me say, uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't prepare. I told you at the beginning of this, I'm bullish on, on this technology, but the, the numbers and the rate of adoption has been developed using political science, not engineering. They're impractical. And if we blindly follow these goals that Biden has set out, it will cause pain and suffering for the middle class. And I yield back. Um, we've, we've talked about, yeah, you're absolutely right, first of all, that, um, wait, what was that point that you? That I said, what yeah. country has successfully right. done this? <laughs> yeah, they haven't. Um, and we've already, so California, uh, in particular, I know there's some. I, I know there's at least one other state that's been having issues with uh, blackouts and brownouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one you hear about all the time is California. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, fifty percent of California now adopting electric vehicles uh, and charging them at their home. Uh, how, how are they going to handle that with the grid? And it's so funny that. Well, there's. I mean, no agenda talks about the rolling blackouts in California yeah, all the time. Yeah. How how are they going to fix that in the next like eight years? Mm. Seven exactly. and a half, right? And he's like, "Oh, well, we just have to fix the infrastructure." And it's like, "Dude, what is your plan?" I don't, I don't want to. And then he's like, "Well, we can't just give up." And it's like, "Dude, no one's giving up." He's telling you, "We do not have the infrastructure for this." You want fifty percent of cars sold to be electric. You're going to push this. Um, and what's so interesting is because Massey mentions the middle class, right? That it's going to put a strain mm-hmm. on them. I was looking at it recently because I was like, okay. Uh, what what do electric uh, electric vehicles cost, dude? They're expensive, and and the I've heard from a couple different like uh, like lefty politicians that they want to try to figure out a way to bring down the cost of electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bull. Uh, I imagine they're going to be pieces of crap. Yep. Uh, the the stuff that they do figure out, 
Um, <clears throat> and again, it's like are our taxes going to go up. Like who's fo- footing the bill for trying to lower the price of electric vehicles? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's right. It's like uh, electric vehicles take a long time to charge. Right, so that we we have to. There's all of these things you have to talk about. Not only that, but they they're they're trying to push this as some sort of environmentally friendly thing. That's not. No, it's not. Where do you think it's the not cobalt, more the cobalt and the lithium's coming from? Yep. You know, we don't tend to like like a lot of the people, especially on the left, don't like to dig into the earth. Yep. So it's like what it, it it doesn't make sense. It's not, it's just as far as I'm concerned because I, I I think Massey's like kind of on the right path being mm-hmm. bullish with the technology I just don't think electric is the sole they they are trying to push it as like the sole thing that's going to yep. like save America that that's our that's where our energy independence will come from and I'm just like I don't buy it I honestly. don't agree with it um, I, I'm not saying it's not a a piece of the pie. That you can't have electric vehicles as like a wing of things, mm-hmm. but it makes a lot more sense to me. That's like okay, we'll put electric vehicles out there. P- some people will adopt them. Some people will use them. Um, it might uh, loosen up the strain on oil in the country, uh, but you can't get rid of like gasoline cars. No, you can't. And you, how are you supposed? To, how are you expecting people to actually adopt that stuff? Like you're, it, 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 what it feels like to me is that this is going to lead to forcing people into these situations, and not everybody's going to be able to afford one of Causing those undue ha- hardship. Yeah, not everybody's going to be able to afford this stuff. And nope. then you got to talk about like, there's all these things, man. Like uh, the distance, like how long the cars can run for. Yep. Like Are you, how, you know, um, uh, it, there's lots of cost that goes into this stuff that people just aren't thinking about and of course the government's not thinking about it of course there it's it's kind of this like religious thing for them that, like the environment like the environment it's like they're yep. up their apocalypse or whatever and they're like oh we have to, to get to electric vehicles before grandma dies and the roads keep before melting the, or whatever the next you know worldwide tsunami occurs and yeah. an asteroid comes from space and yeah. the earth blows up from global warming it's just like i i heard today on no agenda they were talking about there was some uh oh they have a uh a weather commissioner like a heat yep. commissioner in california now in la and she was saying something about they have to like rebuild buildings and it, i mean just Dumb, real dumb stuff. Uh, it's just like these people don't know what they're talking about. No, they don't. Um, anyway, uh, do you have anything else you wanted to add to that? No, that's it. Cool. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. This is 103 of The Underground. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode. We're going to be talking about The Gray Man. We're going to be talking about Resident Evil, a uh, little Lord of the Rings news. There's something else in there, too, isn't there? Uh, oh, Marvel Phase Five! Joseph, yeah. Joseph, super excited about Marvel Phase Five. Totes excited, um, best ever. Yes, and then uh, we'll also be talking about how uh, a, the word "men" is outdated. Yes. So, all right, guys. Until then, y'all take it easy. Politics ruins everything. Being patient with them, I try to, but you got room temperature IQ. Expecting a lecture from these idiot guys who got opinions not worth it's what's under my shoe. Y'all tripping on truth when we call it out. Cause y'all people as goofy as I'll get out. If y'all with them and not with you, I'd sit out. Cause every rapper's on the list now, mad at a pitch count.
on heaters like my soul's beat up No people focus on hoaxes and the shows he book And I'm hoping to open doors and I got foes and such But I know that I'll be opposing to the goal I must start attacking Ain't lacking, my brain's lashed in Same way that I game is the same way of the backhand All the pain that I bring up is like the bang to the Batman I'm back cracking Whack trends claiming they rap bands and backtracking Give a crap about the what's his face Only thing you out rapping is a sandwich at Subway And y'all just so happen to welcome beef on my lunch plate And you are a disaster and this can only go one way And you're steady flashing guns in your music viz And I know you do it for the fun but what you doing is Abusing every rule of course you can use it quick You're showing the world you don't know what you are doing kid Everybody is ignorant. It's only when you speak on what you don't know you become slow, and that ignorance crosses into stupidity. Yet I'm still spending my energy debating enemies that tend to be idiots, really inept politically, that don't have the depth or wit of me. Oh well, it'll be co-chance in hell, so riddle me this. How am I supposed to take you serious when all of your positions are socially expedient? Thinking you a rebel, but at most you obedient. Opposing opinions make folks be belligerent. A cult and religious, so you know what's on CNN and vote what you told by the folks that gotta send this message. Oh, you a hypocrite, and I'm in awe, cause the diversity you advocate is not in thought. You get away with it cause you placed in a freaking chamber with echoes ringing surrounded by a bunch of brainless your aim is yet all the same shame cause you ain't slick afraid to relate other things cause you nameless tainted weak empathetic you epitomize